So welcome everyone. If it's your first time joining us, um, I want to say you picked a really great week to come out because today we're beginning a brand new series that's going to carry us through the month of June. And this series is called Age of Heroes. And in this series, I just want to give you a little bit of a heads up. We're going to focus a little bit more on our men in this series with Father's Day approaching in a couple weeks. And we're really going to speak to this idea of kind of the dream that every little boy has. Almost every little boy growing up has this idea of wanting to be a hero. Maybe they want to be a knight in shining armor, or, or maybe they want to you know, go into the military, or they think about being a, a police officer or a fireman or, or dreaming of being a superhero. But while this is our man series, and we're going to be talking about this idea or this dream of being a hero that a lot of men have, um, I want to tell all of our women, please don't check out in this series because there is incredible, incredible application for all of our women as well. Because whether you're a man or a woman, whether you are, are kind of older or whether you're younger, you know, whether you're married or single, God has incredible plans for your life and for your eternity. And he's calling you. He's calling you to step out of the smaller story of you into the greater story that he has for you, a story where he's inviting each and every one of you to become a hero. So let's pray, and then we're going to dive in to our uh, opening message today. Can we bow our heads and pray? Heavenly Father, as we get ready to start this new series and we kind of get into your word and look at what it is that you have to teach us. Father, I pray that you would just prepare our minds and hearts to receive what it is that you want us to hear, both today and throughout this series over the next several weeks, Father God. Lord, help us to be a people who are willing to receive the the greater story, the greater plans that you have for us, for us to move from the smaller story of us to the greater story of you, Father God, that you would use our lives for great things in this world, for your kingdom and for your glory. We pray this in Jesus' name today. Amen. Now, before we really dive into the series today, um, I, I want to start you guys off with a, a foundational statement. So if you've got something to write with, if you've got your phone where you could put in your notes, you might want to go ahead and do this and jot this down because everything we're going to be talking about in this series really builds off of this statement, okay? So we'll put it up on the screens for you to see as well. Are you ready? Here it is. God created you with the heart of a warrior hero. God created you with the heart of a warrior hero. Now, men, that doesn't mean that you're some uncivilized brute who spends all day grunting and scratching himself, okay? Some of the women in here are like, you just described my man to a T. But that's not what we mean by warrior hero. Having the heart of a hero means God has put inside of you a righteous desire to stand up and fight for that which is right and pure, and true. God has given you the heart of a hero. And as we talked about in our last series, men like all of us, you are uniquely and wonderfully created by God. So let me try to illustrate this a little bit. In my mind, and this could just be me, but in my mind, I think there are two big kind of genres of movies. There are romantic dramas and comedies, um, which I refer to as chick flicks, And then there are real movies, okay? Now, men, let me show you a first set of clips here and see if any of you are inspired by this. Can we dim the lights a little bit? Let's dim the lights a little bit, and we'll throw these clips on the screen. And men, check this out, and just kind of check your emotions as as you watch this. Let's go ahead, guys. Oh, is this low viscosity rayon? Who has nails like these? It was the lock. 
the Herald of the Morn. Well, tomorrow I would like to see clean fingers. <laughs> yes. How am I gonna say to him? I can't say anything to him. I love you. I love you. You can't even say it. I'm sorry. Look, the first time that you saw me, I was. You were mesmerizing. Men, any, any excitement from any of that? Any passion? Any of the men in here feel inspired to be more like Christ? And if you guys show your hands, lift your hands up high. If any man raises his hand right now, I need the three closest guys near him to jump him, beat him down, and take his man card right now, okay? Thank you very much. All right, not counting Pastor TJ. Student pastors are a little bit different. They're wired a little different, so he gets a pass, okay? Now, let's look at another series of clips. And, men, I want to see if you're inspired by these. Let's take a look at this. Dim the lights again. Let's check these out. Warriors, let me hear my men. Thank you. Yes. Warriors, heroes. I don't know about you, but those clips right there make me feel closer to God. Amen, men? They honestly do. Men, don't movies like that, like, fire you up? Doesn't it just get you excited? I mean, I'll come out of a good action movie or a martial arts movie, and I'm just like, I'm hoping somebody will bump into me. I'm just, I'm like, I'm like, you want some of this? Like, I just saw Bruce Lee. I'm ready to go, okay? You don't want to mess with me, son. When, when Julie and I first got married, she quickly discovered something that she hadn't fully realized before. It started to dawn on her that she married a man and that there were some differences between us. And, and she would sometimes, she would even say, AJ, you're such a man. And she kind of meant it as a put down, but I took it as a compliment. And I was like, thank you. You like what you see, Right. But church, here's my point. In this series, this is kind of what we're going to be talking about. And what I'm not trying to say, so don't get me wrong, I'm not trying to say that men are so great and better than women. No, in fact, the greatest person I know personally is, is my wife, Julie, okay? She's awesome. Women are awesome. Like this week, I have been single dad with my three youngest kids. My wife, Julie, and my two oldest kids have gone away for a week to Maryland to a, a dear friend's wedding. And so they've, they've been away, and not 24 hours went by when it quickly, you know, dissolved into Lord of the Flies in my house, okay, with a naked two-year-old running around with face paint, holding a spear. I can't wait for her to come home tomorrow. I, I really can't wait, okay? And sometimes people see me as the face of the church and up here most weeks and, and running things, and they're like, Pastor, how do you do it all? Let me tell you, what I do is easy compared to all the stuff my wife does behind the scenes, not only for our church, but for our family. She's awesome. In fact, I'm going to brag on our entire staff team. Our entire staff 
here at our church are absolutely amazing and awesome. Pastor Nancy, our executive pastor of um, you know, Next Steps and Community is amazing. Pastor TJ, our student pastor who's up in the sound booth right now, amazing. Pastor Amanda, our preschool pastor and Lighthouse Daycare Director, the things that she's doing over there at Lighthouse, absolutely amazing. Pastor Jim, our worship leader, does an incredible job leading us into worship. Pastor Julie, I've already talked about our children's pastor and office manager. They do so many things behind the scenes, week in and week out, and they are absolutely unbelievable. So in this series, yeah, yes. In this series, my goal is not to bash women, okay? I've just bragged on three awesome women on our clergy and leadership team. No, this is a series, though, that's designed to speak to and inspire, especially our men, to step up to the greater things that God has for their lives. Because see, oftentimes in church, Men tend to get slammed and hammered, okay? And, and they're told over and over again how they don't measure up and they're not good enough. And many women will be like, amen, you tell them, pastor, they're a bunch of, of dirty dogs. But in this series, it's not going to be like that. That's not the goal of this series. Gentlemen, my plan in this series is to build you up, to build you up to the person that God wants you to be. Just like my wife Julie did for me many, many years ago, she started doing this for me when she said to me, AJ, I just want you to know that I am so thankful for the man of God that you are, that God created you to be. And, and her saying that really empowered me. And, and women, let me tell you, if you begin to encourage the man in your life and empower him to become the man that God has created him to be, he will exceed the wildest expectations of what you want him to be. God has created him with the heart of a warrior hero, and God has incredible, incredible plans for his life. But where does this terminology come from, this idea of a warrior hero? Where does this come from? Let's start to unpack it by looking at Scripture, starting in Exodus 15. Exodus 15 talks about the character of God. And we learn in this passage that God is full of mercy, and God is full of grace, and God is full of love. In fact, he is love. That's who God is. And we learn this, but Scripture also says this about God. So can you help me out reading Exodus 15:3? Men, can you read this with me? What does it say? It says, the Lord is a what? warrior. The Lord is his name. Man, you were born in the image of God with the heart of a warrior hero. Let's talk about Jesus. Fully God and fully man, right? He was the embodiment of God and man. Remember Jesus, meek and mild, gracious and forgiving, loving little kids. He said, don't let the little kids, don't stop them from coming to me. Let me see them. Jesus who loved people who were considered unlovable, lepers, prostitutes, drunks, tax collectors. These are the people that Jesus embraced. He loved the un unlovable. And yet, when this loving and grace-filled Christ returns, Scripture says that when he returns, he's going to return with the heart of a warrior hero. Check out Revelation 19 and see what it says here. It, sa it says that I saw heaven standing open, and there before me was a white horse whose rider is called Faithful and True. On his head are many crowns. He is dressed in a robe dipped in blood, and his name is the Word of God. Out of his mouth comes a sharp sword with which to strike down the nations. On his robe and on his thigh, he's got a tat on his thigh, and his name is written King of Kings 
and Lord of Lords. Jesus has the heart of a warrior hero. Men, when God created you, he created you with the heart of a hero, one that is willing to fight for that which is right and that which is true. And today, in our opening week of this series called Age of Heroes, we're going to start to build on that foundational truth that's going to launch us in the weeks ahead into a deeper understanding of what God's call and plan is for our lives, all of us, men and women. So here are three foundational truths for every hero. If you're taking notes, you can jot these down. We're going to go through three today. Number one is this. Number one is this. Every hero needs to have a cause to fight for. Every hero needs a cause to fight for. For example, in Nehemiah chapter 4, and you may remember this story if you grew up as a kid in church, but if you, if you didn't, there's this guy named Nehemiah, and he was a cupbearer. He was taken into slavery. All the Israelites were taken into slavery by a foreign nation, and he gets a job as a cupbearer for this foreign king. He basically tests the drink to make sure there's no poison in it. If there's poison in it, then Nehemiah drops dead. But he has a cushy job working in the palace. But his heart goes out to his people, the Israelites, who were constantly suffering because the walls of their city back at home had been destroyed. The walls had crumbled. And now the remnant, the people who had kind of gone back to Israel, they, they were becoming a, a constantly being attacked and, and robbed and, and, and beat on by all of these neighboring groups. And so Nehemiah's heart breaks for that. He breaks, his heart breaks for that cause, and he asks the king if he can go and help his people rebuild the walls of their city. And the king is so impressed with Nehemiah that he grants him his request, and he even sends him with supplies and help. And so Nehemiah becomes this hero who winds up inspiring all of Israel to rebuild their city and fight for something that's greater than themselves. Look at verse 14 of Nehemiah in chapter 4. Here's what it says. It says, Do not be afraid of them. Remember the Lord who is great and awesome, and fight for your brothers, your sons and your daughters, your wives and your homes. Every hero needs a cause to fight for that's something greater than themselves. Men, without a cause to fight for that comes from God, we can easily slip into fighting for things that don't matter. A hero without a cause from God can cause destruction instead of good. See, strength is value neutral. It can be used to love, it can be used to protect, or it can be used to cause damage and cause harm and cause hurt. A hero is only as worthy as his cause. Men, what is the cause that you're fighting for? A man without a cause from God is oftentimes just an angry man with pent-up energy and he doesn't know where to direct it. A hero with a cause from God directs that energy towards something that's greater than themselves. Men, when you were a kid, maybe think back to like elementary school, middle school, and a fight broke out in school, how many of you would run up to see it? Show of hands. Show of hands. Yep, yeah, that was me too. It'd be like someone would yell, fight, and you'd all run, and you want to see what's going on, right? Fight would break out, you want to see what's happening. I personally still get fired up to see a good fight. Uh, each month, several of the guys in this church, um, Mike Watts, Matt Morrison, um, Hank, your son, Isaac Dunn, um, they, they, we get together and we watch a UFC pay-per-view. 
And I love watching mixed martial arts fights. It's just something I really enjoy. But sometimes my fondness for a good fight can become a little bit inappropriate. Uh, the other week, my youngest son, Lincoln, who's two years old, he was playing with my daughter, number three, Cassidy, who's 13. And she was just kind of teasing him. She was taking his toy and hiding it and doing stuff like that to see if he could find it. And she was just messing with him. And he, he goes and he grabs a drumstick off the ground. Uh, I have no idea where he grabbed, where he found it. It was, you know, a wooden drumstick. And the next time she took his toy from him, he cracked her across the head with it. And she collapsed to the ground, holding her head in shock. And I saw it. And I paused for a second. I was like, what should I do? Was the voice that went in my mind. And I yelled, fight! And I just called all the other kids. And I was like, you got to see this. This is incredible. And I started giving him instructions. I'm like, jump on her back. Quick, jump on her back. And he jumps on her back. And he starts playing her like a drum. And she was like kind of out of it. But I know this about my daughter. She's taken martial arts. She's taken Brazilian jiu-jitsu and taekwondo. And I knew at any moment she was going to snap out of it. And she was going to slap my two-year-old into an arm bar. And I was waiting for it to get good. And then Julie walked in the room and ruined it. And she picked him up off her back and gave me a dirty look, and she's like, could you please act like a grown-up, AJ? And she walked out of the room. <laughs> I'm working on me, okay? No perfect people. I tell you guys that all the time. So a couple of kids or guys just fighting without a cause can be a destructive thing. That's not what we're shooting for. But somebody inspired by God to fight for a great cause, I mean, that's powerful, you know, why are we suckers for certain action movies? Braveheart, great movie. Why? William Wallace is a hero. He's fighting for an incredible cause greater than himself. What's he fighting for? He's fighting for freedom, right? He wants freedom. The Patriot, great movie. A guy fights for the love of his country and to protect his family and get back to them. The Avengers, Great movie series, a group of heroes, each with special, unique powers and abilities, fighting to save the world from Thanos, from destruction. God created you with the heart of a hero, but a hero is only as worthy as his cause. See, there's something in us that says we were created to fight for something more than us. We were created to fight for righteousness. And until we tap into that divine cause, we're bored. And we can be destructive as we just kind of wander around lost, searching for something more. I praise God that he has allowed me to tap into the divine cause that he has for my life. I honestly feel like I'm on the front lines of the most important war in the world. It's the war between heaven and hell. It's the war between the kingdom of God and the kingdom of darkness. The kingdom of righteousness versus the kingdom of evil, the heavenly hosts versus the demons of hell. And I believe with all my heart that, that God has given me that cause, that my sword is drawn and I'm willing to even die. I'm even willing to lay down my life for the cause of trying to lead people out of darkness and into the light, into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ. That's not just what I do as a pastor. I believe that's who I am as a person. And it starts in my family, and it bleeds into everywhere and, and anywhere that I am. You also have the heart of a hero. And my prayer is that, again, as we go deeper into this series over the next several weeks, that God is going to reveal to many of you 
a cause that is greater than yourself. Number one, every hero needs to have a cause. Number two, if you're taking notes, is this. Number two, every hero has powers to fight with. Every hero has superpowers to fight with. I love the way the Bible describes these powers in 2 Corinthians 10. It says this. It says that for, for though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons that, that we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine, what's that next word, church? Power to demolish strongholds. I love that. And then Ephesians 6 says it like this. Ephesians 6 says, for our struggle, for our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Now, heroes, I pray that God would grab your heart and that a righteous anger would rise up inside of you when I tell you this. Understand this, you have a very real enemy that hates your guts, that absolutely despises you. Why? Because he hates everything that matters to the heart of God. And I don't think anything matters more to the heart of God than you do. Your enemy is a diabolical foe. And his name is Satan, and he's very real. He's called the father of lies, the great deceiver. And his mission statement is to steal, kill, and destroy everything that matters to the heart of God. And then, guess what? He studies you. He studied the heart of man for not just centuries, for millennia. He knows your weaknesses. And he plans elaborate and deliberate schemes to destroy you and the people that you love the most. If there was anybody else on planet Earth trying to do that to you, men, what would you do? You'd probably take them out, right? But men, Satan is a real enemy. He's real. And he wants to take everything from you. Men, warriors, heroes, it's time to fight for your family. And men, when everything's on the line, sometimes... Sometimes you even need to fight dirty. Someone attacks me and my family. They're trying to harm my kids, my wife. I'm pulling out all the stops. I'm not following UFC rules if my family's in danger. I'm biting. I'm eye gouging. I'm hitting below the belt. I'm doing whatever it takes. It's time for us to fight back and fight dirty, not with the weapons of this world, but with spiritual powers given to us by our Heavenly Father. Here's how that passage in Ephesians finishes up. It says this, Therefore, put on the full armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground, and after you've done everything to stand, stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith, with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Put on the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, the Word of God. This passage teaches us that we need to put on the full armor of God daily in our lives because we're in a spiritual war. Christianity is not a playground. It's a battleground. We put on the helmet of salvation, which means we surrender our mind and our heart to God. We receive Jesus Christ as our Lord and our Savior. That's salvation. Then we put on the breastplate of righteousness. We're not perfect, 
They're no perfect people. But we live out, we begin to live out a love relationship, a vertical love relationship with God, a horizontal love relationship with all the people around us. We live out righteousness. We take steps to grow with him, step by step by step. And the Holy Spirit lives within us and transforms us. We go all in with God. We talked about this last week, this idea of sanctification. And from the inside out, God changes us. He begins to make us holy and righteous people. And then we take the shield of faith to defend ourselves from the lies of Satan. Because as we walk with God, Satan is going to begin to whisper lies into your life. Say, you're not good enough. You'll never measure up. Look at how jacked up you are. Look at your past. Look at all the things that you've done. You're nothing. But we can block those attacks by remembering that we might be jacked up, but our Savior loves us so much that he was willing to meet us right where we were and that he gave his life for us. And now our sins are forgiven. We are a new creation in him. We have the belt of truth. We don't buy into the the lies of temptation, but instead we stand firm on the truth of God and our feet are fitted with the gospel of peace. We can go through any storm in life, no matter how devastating, because we know that we're not alone. We know that God is with us, and we know there's something even beyond this life, that there's eternity with him, and we have hope in that. And then we have our greatest weapon. We don't just stay on the defensive, we go on the offensive. We have the sword of the spirit, we have the word of God, which is sharp and living and active, and as we study it, in our daily devotions, as we come to church and we hear it preached, as we get into community and sit in circles in small groups and start to discuss and learn from other people as well, as we do those things, it it grows us and we become stronger and we have a powerful weapon to aid us in the battle. We remember, we meditate, and we remember scripture when we're getting attacked and we can use the word of God to fight back. And then we have an incredibly powerful, powerful weapon that we don't talk about enough, I think. And that's prayer, the power of prayer. See, the strongest man is not the one who can lift the most weights. No, the strongest man is the one who has the most faith. These are the powers, the superpowers, that we are to fight with as heroes, to have victory over Satan in our lives. Don't mess with a hero. Don't mess with a man of God. Don't mess with a woman of God. Every hero has a cause to fight for. And every hero has powers to fight with. Which leads us to our last point, number three. Number three, every hero occasionally fears failure. Every hero occasionally fears failure. All of us at times in our lives, we have a fear of failure. And we'll unpack this in greater detail actually next week. But any hero that hesitates in battle has a name. Do you know what that name is? Dead meat. That's what that name is. Next week, we'll talk about how to avoid unhealthy hesitations when facing our greatest fears. And the greatest fear that most of us have in life is the fear of failure. How do I know that's true? I'm glad you asked, because I've experienced it in my life. I've also counseled countless people over the past 20 years who've struggled with the fear of failure, and it cripples them. And most importantly, the scriptures are full of examples of this. When the armies of God went into battle, read, read through the scriptures again and again and again and again. God has to remind his people, do not be afraid. I am with you. 
Don't be so afraid of failing. I'm with you. Remember Moses and the Israelites when they fled from Egypt and Pharaoh was chasing after them? And they were all terrified. I mean, God had done miracle after miracle after miracle after miracle, and they were still terrified. And here's what God told Moses to tell them in Exodus 14, 13. He said, do not be afraid. He said, stand firm and you will see the deliverance the Lord will bring to you today. Well, one of the things that, that causes us to hesitate at times is that in our culture, especially men, we've kind of been pacified. We've been taught not to rock the boat. But while scripture teaches that we should love others, that we should live at peace, it also teaches us that there is a time for war. That there are times in life where we have permission to fight. When I was a little kid, um, my dad used to always wrestle with me and, and then he, I remember he put up a big heavy bag in our basement and at the age of around three or four years old, he began to teach me how to box. My dad um, was a boxer um, for much of his, his life as a young man, he loved boxing. And, and so he started to, to teach me that. When I got a little bit older, uh, he eventually put me into to martial arts and he started having me learn some of that. But one time when I was around four or five years old, um, I went to a party with my parents and at one of their friends' houses. And, and there was a guy at the party, an adult, um, who was a little bit of a clown. Um, actually, he was a little bit of kind of a jerk. And he came over and he started teasing all of the little kids at the party. And he would make wisecracks and he was pulling pranks and he thought he was funny. And my dad at one point just kind of gave the guy a look. And the guy was like, what? I'm just playing. I'm just playing with them. And so my dad kind of pulled me aside, told me to just walk away and just avoid him. And he had been drinking a little bit too. And so the guy was just a little bit off. Well, a little later that night, I was feeling hungry and I started crying because I wanted something to eat. And the same guy came up to me and he said, hey, buddy, are you hungry? And I was like, yeah, I'm hungry. And he said, would you like a knuckle sandwich? And I was like four years old. And I didn't understand that, but I understood the word sandwich, and I was hungry. And so I was like, yes, please, I would love that. And he whacked me across my face. And I started, he started laughing, and I, I started tearing up. And I see my dad look over with this righteous anger in his eyes, and he mouthed two words to me from across the room. And those words were, get him. And I started swinging. I just started swinging. And I was four years old, and so every shot was below his belt, every single one. And the guy went to the ground. And my dad rushed over and he picked me up and he looked down at the guy who was hunched over and he said, it's okay, he's just playing with you. He's just playing with you. <laughs> there are times in our life where you walk away and you turn the other cheek and there are times in your life where with a righteous anger from God, you are called to fight for what's right and what's true. 9-11 is a perfect example. When Todd Beamer on United Airlines Flight 93 realized that some people on the flight were using their strength for evil, the hijackers, he rallied a group of people and he recited the 23rd Psalm and his last recorded words were, let's roll. And that act of heroism by a hero saved countless lives saved countless lives. For many of us in this room today, we're facing a storm of life. We're facing a battle we must win. Our future depends on it. 
our family might depend on it. And I don't know what that battle is for you. It might be different for different people who are here today. But it's a battle you must win. It's a battle you must win. And Satan is telling you that you can't do it. And Satan is telling you that you're going to fail. And every hero occasionally fears failure. But here's what I want you to understand today. With God, you can and you will win the battle. As people of God, there is a time to draw a line in the sand and tell Satan, you will not pass. And when that time to fight comes and the fear of failure creeps in, remember the truth that you are not alone, that you're not in the battle alone. Deuteronomy 23 through four, last verse we'll look at this morning says this, hear, O Israel, today you're going into a battle against your enemies. Do not be faint-hearted or afraid. Do not be terrified or give way to panic before them. For the Lord your God is the one who goes with you to fight for you against your enemies and give you victory. So as we wrap up the service today, here's the question that I have for all of you. What do you need to fight for in your life? Men, women, what do you need to fight for in your life? Is your marriage about to crumble? Then you put on the full armor of God and you start to fight for that marriage. Become the godly husband, the godly wife that God is calling you to be. Are your kids' lives falling apart? You fight for a relationship with them. You strive to be a loving father, a loving mother, that man of God, that woman of God in their lives. You get on your knees and you utilize the power of prayer and you start to pray for them daily and specifically. James 5.16 says that the prayers of a righteous man are powerful and effective. Are you falling for the trap of sin in some area of your life? Don't give up and say, I'm never gonna defeat this. I just keep falling again and again. No, you have the heart of a hero. Stand up, fight, you're not alone. Philippians 4.13 says, I can do all things through him who gives me strength. God is with you. You have the heart of a hero. Nothing is gonna distract you. People can't disillusion you. No one can silence you. Even the armies of hell cannot stop you. You pursue the cause for Christ with everything in you. You have the heart of a hero. God has planted it within you. You have a cause to fight for. You have spiritual weapons, superpowers at your disposal. And you have a God who loves you and is with you and will give you his power to achieve victory. Can we pray together with heads bowed and eyes closed? Heavenly Father, I, again, I know a message like this is gonna land in so many places with different people in the room, with different life situations. But Father God, I pray first and foremost, you would just give wisdom, give us wisdom to know what to do with what we heard today, Lord God. And then give us the courage to take action, to do something about it. Lord, for some of us here, it's about discovering a cause. What have you called us in this life to fight for? To make that clear. For some of us, it's realizing that we have all these powers at our disposal that we haven't been using. Some of us know that we need to get into the word of God 
We need to have a devotional life. We need to come to church more regularly. We need to get connected in some community and be surrounded by other people trying to walk the same direction that we are, who can support us and stand with us. For some of us, it's being able to fight off the lies of the enemy, that stinking thinking that comes into our mind, to remember that we are not alone, that you are the God who walks with us through all the storms of life, and that you're calling us to greater things, that you're calling us to be a hero for you in this world, in this life. God, I pray for however that was received by those in this room today and those watching online, that Lord, you would plant some seeds that would grow and flourish into something great in the days and weeks, months and years ahead. God, we love you and we give you all the honor and glory today. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Can you guys stand and we're going to continue to just celebrate what God is doing in our lives, what he's calling us to do as the worship team leads us. And, and if there's anybody in here, and, and again, maybe this is your time to say, I need to begin with the helmet of salvation. I need Jesus in my life. And if that's you, and if you're feeling God telling you to take that first step into a relationship with him, these altars are open. Come up and pray. We would love to celebrate with you and pray with you as you take that first step. Let's sing together. The weapon may be formed, but it won't prosper. When the darkness falls, it won't prevail. Cause the God I serve knows only how to triumph My God will never fail My God will never fail I'm gonna see a victory I'm gonna see a victory For the battle belongs to you, Lord a victory for the battle belongs to you Lord there's power in the mighty name of Jesus every war he giant I know how this story ends yes I know how this story ends lift it up I'm gonna see a victory I'm gonna see a victory for the
take what the enemy meant for evil and you turn it for good you turn it for good you take what the enemy meant for evil and you turn it for good you turn it for good see that with me you take what the enemy meant for evil turn it for good, you turn it for good, you take what the enemy meant for evil, and you turn it for good, you turn it for good, lift it up, you take what the enemy meant for evil, and you turn it for good, you turn it for good. and take that to our hearts throughout the week. Let's close with a word of prayer, shall we? Gracious Heavenly Father, thank you for the promise that we find in your word that, that we can be more than conquerors through him who loves us. That when we feel weak, Lord, we are not victims. We can be victors through your empowerment, through your spirit living in us. And so God, as we go forth into our day, into our week. Help us, oh God, to be full of faith, full of prayer, full of the Holy Spirit. And Lord, see not just maybe problems, but opportunities for your power to be unleashed in our community, in our family, in our world. And we thank you, God, for going before us as we do. And we praise you in your wonderful name. Amen. Amen.